1: Brought to you by, in part, Ron Galton. They're both licensed brokers that went to be.
0: Hey you guys, what's going on? It's episode number 308 of the Ron and Don Show, and we are
1: live from the Les Schwab studio. What is up, Ron and Don Nation? Yeah,
0: he's Ron, I'm Don, you're the Ron and Don Nation, and if you haven't got signed up for our newsletter, we don't sell the newsletter, we have thousands of people that have signed up, and typically what we do is we write you one time a week, and that's about it, so we promise not to inundate you like room and board does, because I get 12 messages from them a day! Let's not even get me started on Molly Moons. I love Molly Moons, but I don't want to hear from Molly Moons. A half a dozen times a day. How so, did
1: Molly Moon get your email? That's yeah, the real question.
0: Anyway, hey, uh, if you want to get signed up for the newsletter, also, a lot of people are reaching out just like Rich did. And he said, What are these buyers' playbooks and these sellers' playbooks? Are they free ebooks that I can get online?
1: Yeah, just uh, email me, ron at windermere.com, or you can go to ronadonsitdown.com and, and we can get you one of those out like we did to Tina and we did a sit down with her today.
0: Yeah, super cool, you guys. Hey, uh, coming up on the uh, Ronadon show. Uh, we're going to talk about the fact that uh, have you seen the Bob Ross? Uh, I didn't documentary? documentary.
1: I've seen the the you know I've seen it pop up on my Netflix.
0: Yeah, you probably know uh, Bob Ross, the great painter, no longer with us. His son is still around, and his son wants to get paid. Uh, a lot of controversy about uh, this particular Netflix show, and the people that invented it said, "Hey, we weren't trying to create a hit piece on the painter." Bob Ross. We're going to talk about that. Also, we're going to talk about the fact that if you're not vaccinated, should you be forced to now pay for your COVID treatment? Thinking of guys like Joe Rogan, for instance, right? Who's one of the biggest podcasters in the country. He says he's not anti-vax, and at the same time, he hasn't encouraged vaccinations. He didn't get vaccinated. Well, guess what? He got COVID-19 And you're not going to believe he wouldn't take the vaccine. You're not going to believe what he's putting in his body now, now that he's sick. Before we get to that, though, let's get to this. We have a client that is selling a home here in Seattle. And it used to be if you were selling a home and you had a renter in that home, if you were going to move into that home and be the primary occupant of that home, you could sell the home, send a notice to the people renting the home and saying, hey, I'm moving in. Guess what? In the city of Seattle, You can't do that right now. You cannot buy a home that somebody else is renting and say, hey, I'd like to move my family. There's a moratorium on that, which is really crazy. There's all kinds of crazy laws all over the land. And Ron, this is kind of interesting. Excuse me, this is kind of interesting because you just found out the way that a judge is handling evictions, but we got to head way down
1: south, right? Yeah, to Mississippi. And this story comes from us from the uh, failing Washington Post. Uh, they sent out, you know, when this moratorium was lifted and the Supreme Court made a ruling on the eviction moratorium and said, yeah, you can evict people. And this was right when the Delta variant was kind of rearing its head. So some people think they should have not done that, uh, advocates for, for the other side. But they did. And so many people flooded the courts with eviction notices. So the Washington Post sent a reporter to Mississippi. Uh, into an area that has a lot of evictions and has a very busy uh, eviction court. And so they went down there, and, and And this is also happening in Washington all over, like you said. In individual mun- municipalities like Seattle can have different laws than the state, different laws than the country. But for by and large, you, we have a situation here where many people have been living in a home that they don't own, that they have not been paying rent on for some some cases over a year. And so that's one team is people going, Hey, this is extraordinary times. Maybe I got, uh, maybe I got COVID. Maybe I'm in a a class of people that lost their job because of the pandemic or I'm lower income or I'm a single parent or fill in the blank on whatever you want saying, I, I, I need housing. And so, and I cannot pay this rent for a legitimate reason because my life was impacted negatively by COVID Mm -hmm. on the other side, you have, landlords. And so these landlords are a couple flavors. You have the mom and pop landlord that maybe has one or two or five different rentals. And then you have corporate landlords where it can be someone that has a big apartment building. And then there's the mega landlord. So these are the ones that might be publicly traded or in some sort of REIT. And they might own hundreds of millions of dollars, of property in, in all the States. Mm -hmm. So there's a company where they might have 10,000 doors or even more than that. And so basically the law though is written One size fits all. It doesn't make a distinction if you are Don O'Neill and maybe you have four units or if you are Ron and Don International and you have 40,000 units. The law just says there's a moratorium. Did we just
0: pick up our 40,000 units? We we did. Ron and Don International? Yes, we are international now. I love
1: that. So um, the thing that was super interesting is this reporter went in there, and you could tell this reporter was rooting for – people to stay in their houses. You could just tell. She was going, and, and I get it, because when you meet these people in the story, there was one, a single mom in Mississippi, has three kids. She got COVID last year, early in 2020, because she missed two weeks of work. She then got fired from her job because mm. uh, her boss was like, hey, if you can't come to work, you're sorry, you're out. So she got fired, mm. uh, could not afford to get an attorney. And so it was sort of living hand to mouth and trying to take care of her three kids. Very sympathetic story. She goes before this judge, and the judge was like, hey, sorry, you're out. Uh, I'm giving an order to the, to the sheriff to lock your door. You have three days to vacate that property. So they interviewed the woman, and they interviewed the judge, and his position was, look, this has been going on for a year. And day after day after day in my court, I see people that are not even making an attempt they haven't reached out to their landlord and said, can I pay you $100? Mm. Can I pay you half a month's rent? Can I? How can I work with you to respect the fact that you are allowing me to live in your property rent-free? Mm. And so from this judge's perspective, he was like, that doesn't fly with me. Mm. And so unless you have a compelling legal argument to stay in that property and not pay – I am going to rule for the existing uh, law the way it's it's written. And so the the point of this case was, uh, or this, this podcast I listened to from the Washington Post, was that it really comes down to the individual judge that you might get. And it comes down to they get to make the decision on where this person stays or goes. And the thing I found most interesting is that... They sort of framed up, hey, if you're a big, if you have 40,000 units, there's probably a percentage of those that you could absorb. Uh, And if you're a mom and pop, that is a financial hardship. But the takeaway, and we've talked about this before, 90% of the money that's been allocated, billions of dollars that's been allocated for rent relief, over 90% has not gone to the 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 landlords. 90%. It's already been passed. It's already been voted on in Washington, D.C. It's already been earmarked for rent relief. It's already sitting there waiting to help this mother of three. And had that landlord been given money from this government program, they may not have been forced to evict this mother of three. So the, my takeaway is I don't want to vilify that landlord or question their motives of saying I want to control of my property back when 90% of the money is not flowing to the landlords.
0: Yeah. And you know what's interesting about that? One of the reasons why the money hasn't been, or it's been allocated, but it hasn't been given out, is because there are not enough people in the pipeline that are working to give that money out, (laughs) which is really incredible. There's not. Let's bring it back to Seattle. I, I talked on a podcast the other day about how I was trying to get some service for my backyard cottage hooked up. And I mentioned Xfinity. And when I call Xfinity, I cannot get a live person on the phone. All I get is their chat bot, their robot, their interrupt you bot, whatever that is, but you end up yelling at this bot. Because it's not a human. And I knew for the problem that I was having that I needed to talk to a human. And I won't go into the reason why. There is a person that's high up in Xfinity that heard this podcast, reached out and contacted me. And this has been going on for like almost a month. And on, I think it was last Friday, I was able to actually talk to a human, get the problem figured out. They agreed with my assessment, and then tomorrow Xfinity is going to come out to the house.
1: Probably oh, took 10 minutes.
0: And, and supposedly we're going to connect uh, service, and it did. It was about a 10-minute conversation, but it's taken a month to get to that 10-minute conversation. Same thing with the city right now. <coughs> Actually trying to get in touch with inspectors, and some of these inspectors I know, and just trying to get them on the phone or to return an email. One inspector, Douglas, that I know very well, I sent him an email three weeks ago. He still has not returned that email. And when I sent the email, it something came up and it just said, hey, here's some links to some important questions people have. I'm so busy right now. I may not be able to call or email you back. So don't count on me, right? And and that reason is, and I just know this, is because there are not enough people right now working in the city of Seattle to keep up with all the building and all the permitting that's going on. And so you have to get really, really creative when it comes to that. So then, so then we look at these situations of people that aren't paying rent. And, and and I have people right now that aren't paying rent, but they're trying to pay rent. They're trying to pay some rent. Uh, A girl in particular reached out and said, Hey, I lost my, lost my service job during COVID and it's just her and her two dogs and she's like but would you work with me or could you work with me or this is what i'm thinking about doing or i'm not going to be able to p- pay the rent now but i think 3 months from now i would be able to do this that i appreciate it's like okay you you you're communicating you want to work with us that i can appreciate but i've had other people that just say hey and and i know they have the money to pay and they think it's a it's a get out of jail free card and at some point, what they don't understand is you still owe that rent, and if you don't pay that rent at some point, it's going to destroy whatever credit you have. Because I'm not going to let you destroy mine, right? Because I, I still have to pay the bank each and every month. Right. And the, and there has been absolutely no relief for someone like me that controls probably twelve different
1: doors. But there right could now. be. And to your point, there's just a bottleneck. That's right. In getting that out, and yeah. and it's really
0: so. So I can't provide relief. Right. For people that are that are that are staying in the but, in the but homes, I would not blame you,
1: and you're not a villain to me. If you went to the court and said evict this woman, she's not paid. She has animals in my property, um, and I want her out. Yeah. I, I wouldn't look at you and go, "Oh, Don's the bad guy in this story," because you've been carrying that note,
0: been carrying that note, and yeah. so
1: I think that. We, You can make an argument if it's a, a giant national company that they should absorb a certain amount of people not paying. I get that logic. I don't agree with it 100%. But if the government is going to pass this program and make these big mandates – then they need to give out the money to people that have legitimate claims. Yeah, like that is infuriating. But here in, in Washington, up at my uh, by my tiny house, I was talking to a guy that just evicted someone. They'd caused damage to the property, and so he was able to get an eviction and a restraining order to keep him away. Wow! Uh, and so he did it on day one when that moratorium was released. He had to sit there and drive by his property every day and see the damage that was being done with nothing to do for months. Months. and uh he joined me at my the campfire by my place and just was like ah oh, because i feel like a, a thousand pound weight has been lifted off me because i couldn't do anything
0: yeah it was it was like a horrible tent encampment that was next to your property uh the one that i remember seeing so. yeah
1: so that's getting cleaned up and he got a judge that agreed with him uh, and said yes this is ridiculous
0: i guess wh- i guess what i would say to people out there and th- this is just and, and being in both places, because because I have a heart where I really want to help people, and at the same time, if I help too many people, uh, then I'm not going to be able to help myself anymore. So I would just encourage you if you're in a position where you're you're having a difficulty, get on the phone and face it, and talk to the bank, and talk to the person they have a loan with, or talk to the person they have a contract with, whether it be an apartment or a condo or a house, whatever that is, and at least try to open up a line of communication. And let them know what your intention is and that you're trying. And I think the difficulty that we have right now is a lot of people have stopped trying. They're sitting at home, and they're taking that government money and that government check.
1: And they feel entitled to it. And you're not the government. You're just a person with a piece of real estate.
0: Yeah. And there's a reason there's government money and there's a government check. Because there's people out there that need that, right? They need us to be shoulders for them to stand on and to carry them. And I'm okay with that. (laughs) But I'm not okay when I look at some of the pictures of some of my friends on Facebook uh, that are back out now, taking their government money, traveling the world, and haven't worked in over a year and a half. We will see you on the other side of this.
2: When it comes to your real estate journey, Ron and Don can help you buy, sell, or invest in real estate. It all starts with a Ron and Don sit down. Hi, I'm Dan Martin. Hey, I'm Connor. My son wanted to get out of Pullman, and he was thinking, well, where could I live where I could be close to a ski area? I thought, well, let's start looking in Seattle and had grown to trust the image of Ron and Don, you know, doing their, their advocacy for all the charities and stuff that they do. And I thought, well, they seem like good guys. Let's go for it. So I've got two Alaskan Malamutes. I was surprised how quickly, especially after meeting with Don, how quickly they kind of zeroed into what I was looking for and being that it was a house for me and the dogs that they zeroed in on fenced yard, basement access, if possible it felt really good knowing that they were looking for what i was looking for or what we were looking for we looked at our figures and looked at at stuff we thought okay we can afford to offer this amount and we were way low so when it came to this one, Ron and Don said, "If we go in hot with a decent offer," and he learned that this house had an offer on it. He said, "If we go in at this amount, we think we can jump ahead and have people close before uh, they intended to." Because sure enough, it worked out. I don't think we would have like necessarily found this house or been as successful with another realtor or doing it without. A, I can't imagine doing it without a realtor. I don't think we'd have this house if, if it hadn't been for Ron and Don. We wouldn't have gotten this house if they hadn't shown the energy and I guess using their skills and everything to make it happen. It wouldn't have happened. We would have still been looking around and. Every weekend being under bid. They seemed very enthused for uh, you know a deal to get done and for us to be successful. That felt really good. They were passionate and they, they were just honest and straightforward, and uh, yeah, I definitely would recommend them. When you're ready to sit down and strategize about your real estate journey, schedule your time with the guys at ronandonsitdown.com.
1: Everyone, it's your sixth-grade announcer, G-Force O'Neal, with Charlie the dog. Don't forget to pick up a copy of Ron Don's free buyer and seller playbook.
0: All right, you guys, welcome back to the Ron and Don Show. As you just heard, we're licensed brokers at Windermere. We're doing lots of sit-downs. And bottom line is this the Ron and don Nation lives everywhere, so we have to do real estate everywhere. So don't be surprised when you see listings of ours like this past year from Port Orchard to Olympia all the way up to Everett. We just sold a house in Everett, sold a couple houses in Everett this year. Uh, heading on over to the east side, selling homes over there certainly here in Seattle in places like Ballard, Queen Anne, Magnolia. First thing you you need to do though is educate yourself a little bit. If you're a seller, like what does it cost to sell a house? Well, we have put together a free ebook that explains to you what it costs to sell a house. Also, I had somebody tell me today, they're like, you know, I have air conditioning that I got to get fixed before I sell my house. I said, what do you need to fix? They said, well, I have air conditioning on the first floor, but not on the second floor. That's pretty common in Seattle. That's not something I would fix heading into the fall and the winter months. If it was burning up outside right now, then maybe I'd think about that. But so oftentimes, people spend money, Ron, on things that you shouldn't spend money on because you're not going to get that money back.
1: Yeah, and uh, I would just encourage you, let's do a sit down if you're thinking in the next three to six months, you want to make a move. Maybe it's even like, hey, I want to buy a second house. I want to get a house on the islands. I want to get a house on the other side of the mountains. I want to get a house in Sunkadia. How does that work? Um, Am I able to do that? Because I've been cooped up in the same house! for two years (laughs) who's yelling now that's my joke exactly
0: (laughs) yeah we talked to tina today she's like "I, i i live in tacoma i need to sell this house and i'm looking for a babbling brook and we're like you know what Let's go find that battling brook and get that house sold in Tacoma. Anyway, if you need us, you want that free ebook. And we we it's not something we copied from somewhere else. We created these books just for typos you. Typos and all. Yeah, typos and all. So just reach out to Ron. Ron at Windermere.com. That's Ron at windemere.com. We'll send that to you today. And then also check out our website that is about is it updated now or it's about to No, it's about to be. Ron and Don sit And we can arrange a sit down today. Uh, That's kind of interesting. I just, I was, my son and I spent a lot of different places and spaces this summer because we're really trying to make up for COVID last summer. Uh, and the place that we finally landed was out in Sunkadia. And a friend of ours was kind enough to book a massage for me because they talk about self care massage. And I'm like, ah. And then whenever I'm in the middle of it and I get done, I'm like, why don't I do this more? Cause me too feels exactly. really amazing at the end of it. but for some reason, I have this thing in my mind that I feel like I don't deserve that and and so that's another story though, for another day. That's my problem, certainly not yours. So anyway, I'm talking to my massage therapist. She's from Ellensburg. We're talking about October 18th in the state of Washington. If you're a state worker which a massage therapist is, uh, then you have to get vaccinated, right? And there's ways out. We know that there's ways out. But but the majority of state workers have to get vaccinated. We're seeing now teachers and school districts have to get vaccinated. Uh, we're seeing fire departments and police officers.
1: Military, Pentagon. really
0: surprises me when I look at firefighters and police officers that aren't vaccinated. And people for some reason now are standing up and they're saying, well, you know, what about my rights and our forefathers? And it cracks me up because if you want to see – The first time that people were forced to get vaccinated, all you have to do is go back to 1777. That's all you have to do. Uh, And go back in history, even to the 1800s. And when you're studying this, read about a guy, you may have heard of him. His name was George. His last name was Washington. He had a very small army, about maybe 14,000. And he had to face the redcoats, which are, there were tens of thousands. And they had all the gear. They had all the boats. We basically had slingshots. And we couldn't stand out on that line and fight those redcoats. We had to hang out. And you know, we had to go hide behind houses and churches and outhouses and jump up in trees and pretend like we had a bigger army that we had. Now, one of the issues and one of the problems and all you people out there that are quoting your forefathers – You know what happened around that time? Something called smallpox. And it was wiping out. It was wiping out what we now know as the Continental Army. And you know what George Washington said? He said, every single one of you, you roll up your sleeves and you're going to get vaccinated. And if you don't get vaccinated, you're going to get shot. How about that? Vaccination or you're going to get shot. So either get the shot or get shot. And so that's what these men, mostly men, and some women had to do. They had to roll up their sleeve, take the shot so they don't get shot. And if they wouldn't have been vaccinated from smallpox, that army would have been wiped out. We wouldn't be sitting here today. We'd be
1: talking English right now. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. And, and, And what's really interesting to me is I see all these people talking about America and talking about your rights And talking about our forefathers. Will you just make sure when you're quoting our forefathers that you understand that our forefathers, ones like George Washington, the first president of the United States, they were all about getting vaccinated. This amazes me. Do you know one in six Americans right now that get vaccinated? They stay silent about it, and they don't necessarily tell people that are part of their friends and family, and especially when they go to church. If you go to an evangelical church— People are afraid to say that they got vaccinated, especially in the evangelical movement, especially when you, when you look at the South, when you look at where people are dying right now. It's in places where people didn't get vaccinated. It really amazes me that within families and friends and even churches, that people feel like they have to be silent for, my opinion, doing the right thing. I will say this. And talking to this massage therapist who was not vaccinated yet, if I knew that, I don't know that I would have gone in there and got a massage with her. She was planning on getting the vaccination, but I asked her why she hadn't received it yet. And she said, well, you know, most of the people that are dying, I don't think are dying from COVID. I think they're dying from other things. And she said, it's the media and they're lying to us. And you know what I've started to do is I started to say, hey, you know what? I'm in the media. You tell me what you feel like someone like me is lying to you about. And her and I actually ended up having a very lovely discussion. What say you, Ron, about Americans feeling like they can't even tell their next door neighbor, their mom, their dad, that they're vaccinated because of the shame that will come down upon their family?
1: Well, sidebar, that was my nightmare to be having a conversation where I'm getting a massage. When I'm getting a massage, <laughs> I don't want to talk. <laughs> I don't want to hear it. I don't care how the, you're the most uh, interesting person in the world. I want to lay there and have drool coming out of my mouth and just nice. get massaged. So no talking.
0: That's a beautiful... Let me close my eyes.
1: No talking. That is beautiful. Uh, so that I feel bad for if you carried on your conversation while you're getting a massage. Um, but no, I I've seen some of these folks... Um, and I applaud them for getting vaccinated in the face of discrimination, in the face of hostility in their family or their workplace. Uh, like, good on them for seeing the facts and seeing the light. I just was reading something that is interesting that sort of plays to this. Uh, you know, the the dynamic that you're talking about is is scientific literacy in America. So this has not helped us in our cause when the initial vaccine rolled out and said, yeah, this is an, under experimental conditions or this is an emergency decree to get these vaccines going, because that's how science works. Science um, and scientists err on the side of being very conservative and disclosing. And so when you know certain groups see that word experimental or they see that word emergency, they then weaponize that into some sort of conspiracy theory uh, and spout off all kinds of stuff. Scientists don't say they're sure until they're sure. And they don't know if they're sure until they do a test. And it takes time to do the test. And so if you're scientifically literate, when you see that, you go, that's a good thing. That's a good thing that they're telling me that it's not approved yet. Because that means they're trying to see if it works. It's only idiotic, non-scientific people that go, let me take this veterinary drug with no evidence whatsoever. It's not only not experimental, it's not even for humans. Yeah, Jill Let Rogan, me get some of that in my system.
0: Yeah, Joe Rogan from one of the biggest podcasts in the country. A uh, company just paid $100 million for it last year. Uh, he really is the the new voice of America and has a bigger audience, I think, than Howard Stern does. He's, he's kind of made fun of people that are getting vaccinated, didn't get vaccinated. He says he's not anti-vaccine. He got really sick. Uh, and he got so sick that he was willing to take this horse drug that if you go to the FDA website and the CDC website, they say, look, people... You're not a horse and you're not a cow.
1: And you don't have worms that need to be dewormed. So, yeah,
0: you don't need to be dewormed. This doesn't work for that, so stop taking it. It amazes me the people that are anti-vaccine, that don't get vaccinated. When they get sick, it lets you know how deadly this disease is and how sick you can get because all of a sudden, uh, they're willing to do anything to stay alive, and that includes three of our colleagues on talk radio that have passed in the last two weeks – Two of these guys that I knew, and they were guys that basically did not believe in the vaccine. Uh, They told people not to get vaccinated, that they wouldn't get vaccinated. They embraced all the conspiracy theories. And then on their deathbeds, they all reached for all these crazy drugs trying to save their life. Three guys right now, three radio hosts dead and in the box. Meanwhile,
1: as the COVID did not care what they believed in. Yeah, It just looked for a host, and it took them down.
0: We will see you on the other side of this.
1: Hi, this is Therese, the new buyer specialist for all of you in the Ron and Don Nation. If you're going to win a house in such a competitive market, you better have a good strategist. And that's what I specialize in. When you're ready to sit down with us, go to RonandonSitdown.com And now back to the show.
0: All right, you guys, welcome back to The Ron and Don Show, episode 308. Don't forget, if you need us, just go to ronanddonsitdown.com. And also, Teresa's doing a great job as one of our buyer's agents out buying. Now's the time to get out and buy, you guys. Now is the time. Money is cheap. Buyers are tired. And in a lot of ways, people emotionally have gone back to school, and there's more yard arms hanging out right now than there have been in the last 2 years.
1: you are see in houses go past their offer review date. I said that happen yesterday.
0: Yeah, ronadonsitdown.com. That's ronadonsitdown.com. sitdown.com. We'll sit down today. Uh Bob Ross, the joy of painting, you've probably seen him on uh, shows like PBS. I found out on a recent Netflix show about him that his afro was not weird was was not real and that uh he would go in to have his hair did. Which I think is really amazing. What
1: about the pet squirrel? Was that real? I don't
0: know. Anyway, the joy of painting. They say that George W. Bush started painting because he watched uh, Bob Ross. A lot of people started painting because they watched Bob Ross. He's well,
1: pretty amazing in a half an hour. It's like you get the mountain, you get the sky, you get a cabin, you got a river. I mean, you got some trees, some happy trees, happy accidents all over the place.
0: Yeah. Well, then it, then if you watch this documentary on Netflix, what we find out is Bob Ross started traveling around the country and around the world and he would do these, these, these painting seminars and started making a lot of money doing it. He partnered with a couple. Uh, Bob is no longer with us. Uh, he had died of cancer in his 50s. This couple now controls Bob Ross, Inc. They control his name and likeness, and his son had just kind of disappeared.
1: Who, by the way, is also a talented painter. You can go on YouTube and see Steve do paintings in the style of his dad. He's an excellent painter.
0: Well, because well, if, if, if if you watch Bob Ross growing up, you'd see Steve as a kid. He would be on Bob's show, and he would come on, and he would be a guest painter. Anyway, it seems like Steve stopped painting for a while. When you can see where he's sitting, it looks like he's sitting in a double-wide trailer. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but it seems like wherever his dad's wealth went did not land in his lap. And so this particular show that you watch on Netflix the the people that created it said they really weren't trying to create a hit it's piece. It's Melissa McCarthy. Yeah, they weren't trying to create a hit piece on the two people that that took over Bob Ross, Inc. But that's kind of what it feels like. It feels like it's a hit piece on the couple that took over Bob Ross, Inc. And it sounds like his son would like to get a little piece of the action. A judge has said, no, you don't get a piece of the action. It's this couple, the name and likeness, that will continue to control Bob Ross, Inc., uh, I think now that this particular show is out, it'll be very interesting to see if they can still cash in on Bob Ross because it doesn't make this couple look very well. So.
1: Well, this is interesting. I haven't, very seen, good. I haven't seen the documentary, but this a version of this happens all the time. Uh, the Casey Kasem's family, this just happened. The Jimi Hendrix family, if you remember, for years you had Jimmy's half-brother. So I believe they shared that Al was their father, but they had different mothers, but they were they were siblings and spent time growing up together. He wanted to make Hendrix vodka, and he had it all lined up. And so he had the logo done. He'd partner with a spirits company. He was going to make uh, Hendrix vodka, and it was the Jimi Hendrix estate run by Janie Hendrix, who is not biologically related to Jimi um, and is not biologically related to this half-brother, Leon, um, she stepped in and shut down that Hendrix vodka. And he's sitting there going, my last name is Hendrix. I am related to Jimmy. He does play guitar, not as good as Jimmy. But it's like, why can I not say Hendrix vodka with a guitar on it? Like, and sell Hendrix vodka. And they're like, no, you're using the Hendrix name and you don't have the license to do that. And so really, Jimmy is a different story because he, he of course, died, uh, you know, very young In in an accident, if you're Bob Ross and you have cancer and you know that's coming, he needed to set up his estate the way he wanted it. And so if he didn't do that and these other folks have some sort of contract or some sort of agreement, then they do own his name and his likeness. This happened to Leo Fender, the famous guitar uh, manufacturer, most famous guitar in the world. Leo Fender. He invented it. And then you had the Les Paul who was invented at the same time by Gibson. Leo Fender then got to the point where he sold Fender. And then he was like, I'm bored. I want to make another guitar. He was not allowed to go out and and use the name Fender at all, even though his name was Leo Fender. And he did invent this guitar. He had to completely, he called it G and L, I think. And nobody, uh, some Gary and Leo or whatever the other guy's name was. They couldn't sell any guitars. Mm. And it's almost virtually identical guitar. And it was Leo. Leo didn't own Leo anymore. Cause he got paid to sell his name. And so if Bob Ross made an agreement with them, and again, I'll have to read, watch the documentary. I feel bad for Steve. Steve was a great, I, I watched one of his videos before this documentary come out. It's just entertaining. And back in the day, he had very long hair, had a mustache. He would paint and it was kind of Bob Ross esque, but really good painter. And you're like, who is this guy? He's like, it's Steve. It was. It's fantastic. He's got like the jean shirt on, the mullet, and, the cigarette oh, it's, behind it's the great. ear. It's great. Yeah, it's great. And yeah. so I feel bad for Steve, but this is on Bob. If Bob didn't set up his estate to include Steve, then that's on Bob. Like these these people don't owe that to Steve. It'd be a nice gesture if they gave him a piece, but they're not. They're not entitled. To yeah, anything. we see a
0: lot of creative people like Casey Kasem, for instance, wasn't did, didn't have it all figured out before he passed away. Uh, if you look at someone like Prince, there was no will, right? And so you just have family members that are just fighting over the scraps of, of what's left. And sometimes you can get on the same page and and sometimes you can't, uh, you look at who just sold his Bob's who just sold his, his, uh, catalog for $300 million. Bob Dylan, Bob Dylan did. Right. So Bob Dylan now, his family, Dylan, 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 Jacob, Dylan, or Jacob, whoever the Dylans are, they can't go back now and claim name and likeness on that because
1: Bob sold it. And hopefully Bob was smart enough to get with Jacob and and any other kids and say, Hey, here is your Dylan, Dylan. But similar thing with like, um, John Lennon and Yoko and Julian Lennon, you had, uh, you have you have two different kids from two, two different wives, it's like what is their stake to John Lennon and the Beatles? So, but they had already sold most of their catalog to Michael Jackson, and then Paul McCartney had to fight tooth and nail to get it back away from Michael Jackson. So, when you're talking about this intellectual property, um, you, it, it's on the person, it's not on the person that owns it. And so, if you sold me something and then I manage it and it blows up, it's happened to Elvis Presley estate. Elvis Presley estate was doing nothing.
0: Is it's worth until, less than a million dollars until
1: they sold it, yeah, and that new management company revived it, and they paid to renovate Graceland, and they paid to you know market him and get him on a stamp and all that stuff and so it, they're, they're not sitting around doing nothing like these people that are doing the Bob Ross estate they're working. They still have Bob Ross seminars and you can still buy Bob Ross Chia Pets and you can still see Bob Ross on television. That just doesn't happen in a vacuum. Like these folks are not sitting around, you know, not doing anything. I don't know what Steve's doing, but the people running Bob (laughs) Ross incorporated are doing Bob Ross stuff.
0: There you go. All right, you guys. Hey, thanks for listening to episode 308. We really appreciate that. Again, if you need us, go to our website, ronandonsitdown.com. We can also send you out those eBooks. Just write Ron. Ron at and I will send you out an ebook today. Thanks for downloading this. Thank you for hitting subscribe and thank you for giving us a five star rating. Uh, that way we can tell more people about the Ron and Don show and that, hey, these guys are great on Terrestrial Radio, but over a million plays now on the podcast. It drops every Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday. And thanks our friends at Les Schwab for helping to sponsor today's show alright you keep your head up you keep your shoulders back and we'll see you next time for episode 309 only on the Ron and Don Radio Network
1: now keep your head up and your shoulders back and keep blowing that trumpet and we'll see you next time only only only, only. only. only on the Ron and Don Radio Network